If you're enjoying the show and want more, check out loudpipes.net slash donate. For as little as $1 per month, you'll gain exclusive access to the Loud Pipes after show, The Downshift, as well as other content and sneak peeks available only to our supporters. Even $1 goes a long way, and we truly appreciate your support. Better yet, come ride with us. Step up to $5 a month and receive an invitation to the monthly video hangout and the Riders of Loud Pipes private social network. Hang out in the clubhouse with other riders, chat with us on show topics, and so much more. You want free swag? Select the barbershop level, and we'll send you a free t-shirt and an annual swag bag. That's right, every year around the Barber Vintage Weekend, we'll refresh your swag with the items of the season. Loudpipes.net slash donate. It's time for Loud Pipes, the podcast centered around motorcycles, the motorcycle experience, and other automotive diversions. Recording from RDEV Studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, or wherever sufficient bandwidth can be located. Here's Rich Warfield and Rico Bogan. Loud Pipes, episode 63. We have so much to cover from the ICMA show in Milan, Italy. We might need a part two. But that's all right. I don't do this alone. I've got plenty of help. Mr. Hogan, what's up, man? What's happening, baby? Just chilling. Chilling. Just chilling. Yeah, what you up to? Oh, it's getting cold up here, man. I'm I'm almost in the zone where I'm going to have to wear a sweater or something down here in the basement. That's crazy. Crazy talk. Yeah, it was like 38 this morning. Hmm. That hurts. <laughs> you got to put the liner in? Yeah, I got to get my liner if I'm going to ride. Say what? <laughs> <laughs> Which means I'd have to buy a, a liner. So, Mr. Miracle, what's happening, buddy? Not much, man. Just getting ready for this good evening and uh, partaking with you boys tonight and ready to bust out another show. All right. Well, speaking of busting it out, you got a beverage? Um, yeah, I got a yingling. A yingling? Yingling. yingling. Yep. yep. Nothing wrong with that. What What you have on tap? Well, I have another wonderful beer from Natty Greens Brewing Company. They're up in Greensboro, and this is called Thicket. It is their autumn IPA, tipping the scales at 6.5%. Mm-mm-mm. Dang. Lovely. I skipped you, Thank Hogan. You. you got beverage? Yeah. This is one I've had before. This is a Kaler, the one that won all those awards I was talking about. Right. So I'm right. Reverting, reverting back to that tonight, and it's in a can, so let me get my fingernails. Under the- oh. oh, there you go. There it is. <laughs> well, where's your Loud Pipes bottle opener? Bottle and can opener. I left it in Charlotte. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> <laughs> oh, that deserves one of these. Yes, indeed. All right. Well, we just have one quick little chit-chat thing here to mention. We hope everyone's enjoying the, the Barber Museum video that we put up and the Parade lap videos coming along as well as the photo post. And those should be out shortly. And I think John has a little update on the store, do you not? Yeah, man, we got a new update. We had some requests for uh some high vis shirts. So we got uh, the graphic department, i.e. Natalie, to uh <laughs> work on that and uh got some orange and green uh long sleeve and short sleeve shirts up there. The uh, also the logo has been changed from the red and white to uh gray and black due to the color of the shirt so they're up there for uh 25 right now so anybody that wants them 
head on over to lobpipes.net forward slash store to uh, place an order. Awesome. Yeah, I believe that came from Mr. Anderson, who's on the live stream with us tonight. So just welcome to everyone who's logged into the live stream and hanging out with us. That's cool. Yep, yep. And uh, one more quick thing to before we get going along, and I know the show will probably be out after tomorrow, but I want to give a shout out to all our vets that have uh, supported in in our country over the last 240 years and protected ours um, overseas and abroad or in the country and abroad there. <laughs> in country and abroad. I know where you were going. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Thanks, man. No problem. Let's get right into it. New topics. So much, so much to talk about from the ICMA show. And this is the 2016 version from Milan, Italy. And we're probably going to cover about a half a dozen bikes, depending on how how the time progresses. But before I do that, I'm going to make the boys get a little philosophical with me. You ready? All righty. <laughs> Got your philosophical hat on? I mean, okay. It used to fit. <laughs> Well, as I was looking through most of the press releases and the bikes that came out from this show and previously at AIM um, <clears throat> and the one before that, which I've forgotten the name of, I know it's in LA, and I, it kind of got me thinking, it's like, what do we really need in a bike? Not necessarily, you know, what do we want? What are we looking for feature-wise? But how much of this do we really need in terms of? Technology, rider aids, safety this, you know, whiz-bang that. How much of that stuff do we really need? And it just, it's been on my mind for the last two days as we were sort of putting the show notes together and, and coming up with the topic. And I just, it just kept coming back into my mind in terms of, you know, how much do we need? No, SEMA's for cars, John. There was a bike show before that. <laughs> Intermont, that was in Germany. That's what I was thinking of. Um, and then the second thing I thought about was with all the new bikes that have come out, we're going to talk about some cool stuff with lots of carbon fiber and, and lots of new technology. But can we really appreciate these bikes now? And what I mean by that is, do we need the benefit of history? Do we need a little hindsight to appreciate these bikes? And, and let me explain. So a lot of people in the custom world if you're making a chopper, it's got to be a knucklehead, right? We've talked about that before, or certainly we have offline. But at the time when the knucklehead was created, I don't think the same enthusiasm was there and the awe and the appreciation that we have now. And that's what I mean by, can we really appreciate a 200 horsepower superbike today? Or do we need a few years of time, you know, a little patina on it, get our rose-colored history glasses to look at it, and then really appreciate these bikes for what they are. And so those are my two philosophical topics. I don't know if you guys have put much time on that, but that's been busying up my brain the last couple of days. <laughs> huh. Looking back on our trip to Birmingham and just seeing some of the historical bikes and um, seeing some of the the things that were happening in the twenties and thirties and seeing some of that stuff, what, 50, 60 years later, you know, being placed on some of these custom bikes, like the reverted, um, 
clutch and brake and everything like that. Yep. Um, and some of the seats, some of the rakes on some of these bikes. Um, you know, how, how, how the tank sits on the bikes now, you know, all that is, you know, in homage, paying homage to some of the older bikes that were, that have been built, uh, to kind of keep the tradition, you know, uh, of those looks and, and, and keeping it going forward. Cause everything, just like the bell bottom pants that I have in my closet now, <laughs> you know, they're going to come back eventually. <laughs> yeah. And so is those wide collars. So eventually, You'll see that come back, just like with the tight suits now. Everybody's got these tight, skinny jean suits on with the plaid socks and sandals and everything. You know, it's in the bow ties. I can't get into that, but, you know, these guys are. But it's kind of like the bikes, you know. You may not be into it, right. but some guys are. So, you know, it's depending on your taste or where you're at when it comes back around. You know, you can appreciate it or not appreciate it. Yeah, that that was just kind of my thought. It's like, yeah, I'm not sure that another bike that comes to mind is what Modus is doing. You know, let's say in 20 or 30 years time, they're they're no longer. Can we then look back and really appreciate what was there, you know, versus riding it today? Or let's say I bought one today, you know, can I fully appreciate it in its current form or do we need a little age on them? Yeah, and I guess it's going to be how you're going to be riding these bikes. If you're if you're on the track and you're trying to etch every speck of performance out of these bikes, I can see where some of these aids will come in handy to keep you safe on the track and going, you know, at these high speeds around some of these corners, you know, especially at Isle of Man. You know, I couldn't imagine, <laughs> you know, muscling these bikes around these corners and doing willies next to brick walls and stuff like that, taking your life and, you know, in your own hands in, in, in a lot of cases. And, you know, just knowing that you can, you know, come out of that wheelie or, or that turn at, you know, at high revs and, and just keep on rolling and not having to feather it or come off, you know, come off the gas to take a corner or whatever it may be, you knowing that your bike will automatically adjust to whatever situation you throw at it and you don't have to think about it, but just keeping the gas on. I can see where that can come into play when you're trying to etch every little thing out of the bike and keep your rider safe. All right. Well, let's get into some of the bikes then. I think, I think maybe time, time will tell on some of these. I just, you know, something been on my mind lately. All right. Like, you know, I have nothing else to do. <laughs> I, I know. I know. Why not think about bikes? Right. And riding them and racing them. First on deck, Ducati's Multistrada 950. So you had a chance, Rico, to ride the the new Multistrada Enduro, but that's of the 1,200cc variety. And I know you said it was fun. You you kind of have some reservations about the way it delivers power, but overall, still a fun bike, right? Wouldn't you say? Right. And it's it's a nice-looking bike. I got to give it that. But, yeah, it, it kind of falls flat in the, in the uh, horsepower arena for me. So yeah, it's uh, Ducati. Right. And um, you, you're going to turn heads with it no matter what. Okay. Well, the Multistrada 950, this is more of the on-road variety. So on-road, more your sport touring family. And instead of the 1,200cc mill that's in the others, this is, is obviously down in the, the 900 range, but they're still claiming 113 horsepower at 9,000 RPM. Still interesting. Smaller engine, pretty nice power. 
Wow. Uh, you know what? This goes back to how you're going to be riding this bike. I mean, if you if you're really going to be riding this bike, what it's what it's built to do, then a you know having too much power could be a hindrance, and not having enough power on the highway to keep up with everybody is also going to tick you off. So you know it's a balance. It, it, again, it's going to go back to how you're going to be riding this particular bike. Yeah, that's what I, I think. I think this goes more head to head with my my newfound love for the FJ. Because this is this is much more in line horsepower and engine size wise, but also uh, I think price wise. I got to scroll down real quick to see what they're talking about pricing. Uh, it's a preview, so I don't know if they've announced the pricing yet. But it's safe to say this will be less than like the twelve hundred S that I had a chance to ride. So you know maybe this is something that competes more more head to head with that. I'm sure it'll be more money than you know anything that comes from Yamaha, but you know, a little more economical uh, version. Yeah. Again, it's a head turner for sure. It's yep. a nice looking bike, but eh, not for me. The set, the, the heart, the, uh, saddlebacks on the side hard to match the paint scheme, the hardbacks or whatever. I like that aspect of them because it just kind of blends in. You don't really notice them. Looks sharp. Yeah. On, on the black and white version. Yeah. And I think the costs have been kept down on this. This also has a chain final drive. So that should be, that should be a little cheaper as well. And they're saying um, scheduled intervals up to eighteen thousand miles for you know for the valve checks and things like that. But the other interesting thing is a very flat uh, torque curve on here. The motorcycle.com article has a preview. They've got video, and just in general, you know, I'll I'll give kudos to motorcycle.com. Their coverage of Eichma in general was was well done this year, and that was a long way around to get to seventy one foot pounds of torque. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You know, but what, what's nice about even with that that number and on, on the torque aspect, you still have those different modes you can switch between. You still got the sport, the touring, yes, the urban, and the enduro modes for this bike. Um, you got the traction control, the anti lock brakes. I mean, so you you get in a complete package when it comes to all the bells and whistles with you know with some of these newer bikes. Um, so you you can't go wrong, and plus it's still a Ducati. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's a good look. I can't wait to ride that one. I I want to give the Multistrada uh, 1200 another shake, plus the Enduro we may get to ride on the ADV day coming up. And I want to try this one as well. Now, John? John, John's waving his finger at me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. so uh, the prices for the uh, Multistrada 950 and the Coyote Red in the U.S. is going to be uh, about 14 k And if you want the white version, it's going to be 14 2 Okay, so a little bit more. And it's going to be landing in the showrooms in January 2017. Nice. Thanks. The, the other nice part about this bike is if you, if you get the touring trim, there's a 12.3 gallon tank, you know, for of extra storage. Oh, nice. You know, so that's pretty. That's pretty cool. Very, very nice. All right. Well, let's talk about another. Interesting bike. Uh, this is going to be very limited edition from Ducati. This was also released at the show. Um, this is the 1299 Super Legera. Now, have you seen this one yet, Mr. Hogan? I know you, you oh, likes you some, some oh. sporty bikes. Man, is this a sexy bike? And I, I, I drooled over it when we first, when it was first un- unveiled. And, um, I love the sexy lines of it how compact it looked. It looks lowered. 
And I love the exhaust mm -hmm. on this thing and the single swing arm. It is truly a sexy bike. Now, before we go much farther, they are only making 500 units of this. And Ducati says they're all spoken for already. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, why? <laughs> <laughs> that's, kind of and, and that, that's kind of annoying. It's like when Ferrari announces these super, super limited edition models and they announce them and they show them to the public and they're like, yeah, they're are all already sold. It's like, well, why do you need a press release? Just sell the darn cars. <laughs> Be done <Right>. with it. <laughs> that's, oh. I don't understand it, but yeah, go on. No, I was just, I was just going to just refer back to the styling with the dual exhaust coming out the back yeah, and the rear end. And just, it's, it's beautiful. I mean, I can't imagine riding this. They're talking about the wet weight of this being only 364 pounds. Wow. That's 10 pounds or 20 pounds lighter than the R6. And 177 horsepower. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> That's crazy. But so much carbon fiber in this thing that the chassis, the swing arm, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And BMW's got one as well. I don't, I don't have it linked in the show notes, but as I was sort of looking over these bikes, BMW's got some uh, race concept that's almost all carbon fiber as well. Wow. Which is pretty cool. I'll have to put a link to that in the show notes. They've got a really interesting video. So what... The, the cost is another eye-watering thing that you're going to find. So <laughs> yes. what, what, what's the cost on this? Just tell them what the cost is. Well, if you could buy it, it would be almost 90 grand. For a motorcycle? Yeah. Would you pay 90 grand for a motorcycle? Would anybody Ooh. pay 90 grand for a motorcycle, even if it's a limited edition? Well, it all depends on your financial status, I guess. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, a, a diehard Ducati fan who, who does track days and things like that. I wouldn't take this on a track. Love to have it. I, I couldn't do it. Wait, wait. 90,000. Wait, you, you're going to, you're going to, no, I'll take my R6 on the track. Stop the presses. You, if you had this bike, you would not put it on the track. Can I, can you just I, say I, that out loud? Okay. If I had <laughs> a bike that was worth $90,000, you would not catch me on the track with it. Oh my goodness! That would be the only place I would ride that thing. Like, uh, uh, yeah, uh, no, I'll, no, I I wouldn't buy it. To tell you the truth, I would not buy it for that much. Okay, I couldn't okay. do it. Now, if I had if I had the coin, if I would just if I had it like that, and yeah, I didn't care about ninety thousand dollars. Yeah, okay, yeah, you would see me on the track with it. If I had a team of people that were sponsoring me to ride this particular bike. If Ducati was sponsoring me to ride it, yeah, I would ride it. That's, that's, that's what I'm I would. Saying, I, yeah. I wouldn't put my bank in now into it and, and do that. No, mm -mm. no, sir, couldn't do it. Won't do it. <laughs> but if you were like like a billionaire oil baron or something, like you wouldn't care. Ninety thousand is nothing. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. If I was what Jay Leno, yeah, I, I could do it. I would do it. Now, Jay Leno's probably going to get one of these, I would imagine. Well, I'm sure if he ain't got one already. Probably has one now. Let's check his YouTube page, see if he's right now. <laughs> uh -huh. For real. You know, I, I thought about that this week, too. I wonder, at, at some point, I really hope he opens up his garage as like a museum. You know, that, that needs to be open to the public. There's so much in there. It's just, that's a shame to be locked up privately, you know? I, I guess. 
you know, but you know, all those, all the cars he has in there are investments, I guess you can call them because they've all yeah. grown in value since they've sat in his garage. And I'm sure he pulls them out for special events to showcase them, or I'm sure they, in some of these car events, I'm sure they pay him to have those cars there. So, okay. I'm just saying it'd be nice thought, if it, it was a museum. Well, yeah. Well, he'll he'll need a better building, <laughs> that you know, a glass building. Yeah, then you got to manage visitors and bathrooms. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, I'm sure he's put some thought into that, though. Something for retirement, right? All right. So, Super Legera, ninety grand. You wouldn't buy it. You wouldn't ride it on the track. I don't know if I would buy it, but I would. I would ride the heck out of it if I had it. I and would. If I bought it, I, you know what? If I bought it, I'll hang it up on the wall. <laughs> that's, where, that's where it would go. <laughs> that's a waste of ninety thousand dollars. Uh, no, wow. it's called art. It's called art. <laughs> oh come on, Rico! You'd be you you'd be out to riding it. Uh, yeah, I probably would ride it, but I'll put it back up on the wall when I was done riding it. <laughs> no, you won't. You'd park it, wait for tomorrow, and take it back out. So you're saying it go in my living room somewhere, yes. or in my bedroom? I'll sleep in with it in my bedroom. <laughs> Hmm. Well, since we're not oil barons and Ducati has been making some serious hay with the Scrambler line, let's talk about a couple of other bikes that we probably can afford. So there's been two new models to the Scrambler line. The first one is called the Cafe Racer, which guess what? Looks like a Cafe Racer. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> and the other one's a little more interesting. This is called the Desert Sled. And I guess this is kind of... I don't know, giving it some off-road cred. They've they've raised the swing arm, given it some more ground clearance, spoke wheels all around, tiny skid plate. Looks interesting. You got a take on either one of these, Rico? Oh, I like them both. Sign me up. Yeah? I especially like the Cafe Racer. You did, you're into that style, huh? Just in general? Yeah. Yep. I like it. Same with the, the, the Triumph. Uh, Barbara, I, I, I'm I'm digging that. Now you know what's really sad is we've been doing the show for over two years. We've been talking about yeah. the Scrambler for almost two years. Neither one of us has yet to ride it. No, <laughs> in any in any form. <laughs> right. I just thought about That's that. That's true. Today. Yeah. That's true. All this Scrambler talk. We've never thrown a leg over one other than at a, at a preview day just to sit Scrambler. on. Right. So we need to fix that. I'm going to fix that this month. You say that, but it's getting cold. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take do one it. for the I'm team. Liner or no liner? Uh-huh. <laughs> what do you think? It, what do you think about that swing on swing arm on the uh, cafe racer? Oh, it doesn't looks like a doesn't look any like different an than the rest of them. I don't know. Does it's, it? It's got this different angle. Yeah, it goes up and down. Yeah, it's angled. Yeah, it's kind of angled. Yeah, I don't know if it's been changed for that. I think just the other ones have more bodywork, so it's more hidden. But you think it is? You think it's got a different bend in it? Yeah. yeah let, me look, let me, you know, before I agree to that, let me look at the other ones. Hold on. I think just because it's, it's devoid of, of most of the bodywork in the back there, it's just opening up the rear wheel section. Uh-huh. All right, let me see, let me see. Look at, like, the full throttle or the... The icon. 
type, 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 type. I've been drilling down, so hold on. All right, here we go, here we go. No, they're different, bro. They are? Okay. They're different. It looks about the same to me. Really? How can you say even the desert sled looks, the swing arm is different? Well, that one was changed. They definitely did change that for to give it a little more ground clearance. All right, yeah, you, you got a good point there. They all look the same. Interesting. I never caught that until now. <laughs> I think you just love the Cafe Racer so much. Yeah, what is, yeah, you're right. That's, that's weird, but okay. All right. <laughs> I, I think it may be the exhaust. I think it, the exhaust and the other one kind of hides yeah. that, that angle. I think that's what does it. Yeah. Like if you look at the the icon, I think this one is. No, I'm looking at the classic, um, where the exhaust is basically under the swing arm. Then you see that same bend in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see it now. All right, all right. I get a point. I get a point. You you sure do. You get two points. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. As long as I don't say the B word, I don't have to put anything in the jar. Right. Notice I didn't say it either. That's right. <laughs> Richard already said it. No, I didn't. Beginning to show you did. I did? Yep, talk about the video. Oh, darn. Darn. <laughs> I'm going to go broke on this show. <laughs> All right, moving on. Anything else to add on these, John? You like the Cafe Racer or the, the, the Desert Sled? I don't know. Desert Sled kind of looks interesting. Yeah, same engine. You know, they're still using that, you know, 800-ish CC L-Twin air-cooled. I think it's going to be their marketing towards the people that want to go out to the the desert as you a name and go riding and dirt riding and may ride over out like Nevada or the deserts and, mm-hmm. and then jump off road and go into the dirt or the desert. So into the sand. So or pull wheelies. The intro video had a lot of wheelies. Okay. Well. <laughs> okay. So to, to describe this bike, I mean, they, did something different with the wheels. So they went with the spoke with the gold wheels mm-hmm. with this bike. They went with the dirt bike looking uh, front fender, which is up towards the headlight. So it's not against the wheel. And it still kept that long banana padded seat <laughs> thing that we call it. <laughs> Back to the banana. <laughs> it's the long. Oh no. Was it long padded seat? <laughs> Yeah, that's more of a good seat. That was a long padded seat. So, right, that was just hilarious. Yeah, and like you said, the skid plates there. So you know, maybe the the muffler doesn't fall off of this one. Right, and it's interesting looking at the shock on the rear. How it's kind of like going along the seat and kind of going up into the engine. So it's not like I think that's kind of a different look. Yeah, yeah, and they went with they went with full knobbies on this one too. Yeah, they're probably. 60, 40, 70, 30 tires. They're not, they're not that all that aggressive, but yeah, much more than the other ones they have. And I always wondered like the Enduro one they have, does it have these tires on it? The one that they already had previously, or maybe this replaced the Enduro. I don't see that one anymore. Yeah, I don't see it either. I'm scrolling for that one. I don't see it. So this could be the replacement for what they call the urban Enduro previously. Because I think that had this this same tire or some very similar tire on it previously. So let me check real quick. When I read through it, I didn't see anything about the Urban Enduro. And of course, I didn't get to catch it live. So to go back and watch the whole video again. 
So it's interesting with the new bikes, they went with gold rims this time around. Yeah. Yeah, it looks good. It looks like an old, almost like an old motocross bike, you know, like a 70s motocross bike. Also, to let you know, the tires are Pirelli Scorpions, Rally STRs, 19th in the front and the 17th in the rear. Pirellis? Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's okay. so the right dimensions for a dirt bike, too. Tires. Yeah, 120.70 and a 170.60. Very nice. So, what are some of the bells and whistles that come with this? Does it still keep the traction control and all that stuff? Uh, let's see. That part I don't know. I know the swing arm, they say, is longer and stiffer than the previous ones. They've reinforced the frame a little bit. Um, there's more suspension travel. The seat's a little higher, so it's a little over almost 34 inches high for the seat. That's probably unladen. And yeah, I'm not seeing much else for electronics. Yeah, I think it's pretty much a basic thing. Yeah, it does get uh, Euro 4 uh, emissions, though. Wow. Which, I've, as I understand, is no joke. And you can still customize these things as you want, right? Do all the customizations. Yep. Colors and all that, which is kind of cool. Plus the gear. The gear line for the Scramblers is, is really growing. You know, jackets and, you know, pants and everything. Like, they're really getting that line trimmed out nicely. It's really become its own thing within Ducati. Right. Yeah, you can tweak these things out to no end. You can go as radical as you want, which is nice. With your skinny jeans. With your skinny jeans, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which you are never going to see me wearing. Oh, come on. You know you got a pair. No, sir. Mm-hmm. John's got a pair, I'm sure. No. <laughs> He's just looking like, uh, no. He's like, what? No. <laughs> Don't do that to me. And, and just give people, uh, listen, our listeners, a information on the price. It's uh, about 11 5 For each? Yeah, yeah. Price starts at 11 4 for one and, and then 11 6 for the other. Okay. That's due to color. Very good. So the white one's um, the red is eleven four, and the white is going to be eleven six. Thank you, sir. Yep. Well, moving on in the the Eichmann news, and we'll kind of stick with the the retro or vintage theme, if you will. Uh, Moto Guzzi Moto Guzzi has a new V seven three that they've announced, and it's also the fiftieth birthday or fiftieth anniversary of the V seven model. 1967 to 2017. So, Mr. Hogan, I'm sure you love this because it has a long padded brown seat on it. (laughs) That's for you, brother, right there. (laughs) Yeah, you know how I like my brown seats. (laughs) And a chromed out tank. Look at that thing. I know, it's beast. I'm digging it. Uh, I'm looking at the, the V7 Cafe Racer now. Did you notice the trend with a lot of these bikes now? Which is? They all have the blacked out swing arms. The whole frame's black. So all the new bikes that I've seen so far mm-hmm. are built this way with the black frames and the swing arms and everything. Do you think that's a fad that's going to stick around? Or do you think it's just, you know, this era, we're just doing the black blacked out? Well, it depends on, w- w- there's one racer that has a red frame. 
Which one are you looking at? The one? What color is the one you're looking at? Well, the one I'm looking at is this teal color for now. I'm just kind of scrolling through their site. Gotcha. So I just noticed that the lot, you know, the last couple of bikes we just talked about and some of the other ones, they all have, except for the, well, more blacked out. Yeah. More blacked out. Yeah. So I don't know. Do you like that? Actually, I like the racer that has the red frame. I think that really looks sharp. That V7 racer, and then it's got the black. So it has spoked wheels. So the spokes are silver, but the, the rim part is black. And then it has the red Moto Guzzi on it. That, I think, looks super sharp. If that was black, it wouldn't look near as good. Yeah, it's very eye-catching. Like the Grizzo or Grizzo that we talked about last episode? Um, you know, it doesn't have the red frame. You know, the wheels don't stand out as much on that, although it does have that dynamite matte red paint, which is just gorgeous. I'm sorry, I'm all over the place with my bikes tonight. <laughs> ah, it's all right, my friends. All right. There's just so much. The, pro- the problem with talking about these shows is there's just so much product dumped out at once. You're just kind of like, Okay, I've been reading articles and watching videos for six days. It's like, well, which one stands out, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, yep. it's tough. It's hard work out there, people. This is hard work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also just to kind of announce about the, the Moto Guzzi, you know, V7 50th anniversary, there's only going to be 750 units will be produced. Uh-huh. Another one to hang on your wall, Rico. Uh-huh. And it's going to have a chrome fuel tank and gold-colored Moto Guzzi Eagle and a genuine leather saddle. And it's brown. Yeah, yeah. That's all that matters. That's it. And it's going to have a lock fuel cap made from billet aluminum. That's a good-looking right. bike. Now I know, I know why Micah rides it. It's a good-looking piece. Yeah. Uh, it's speaking to me, too. Looks good. Yeah. Cool. Anything else on Guzzi you like here, Rico? Well, I'm flipping. I'm trying to click around as fast as I can on their site as you guys talk about the other bikes. Well, I mean, I just, say, just that whole V7 line, you know, I, I think you and I both like the racer. Yeah. Right. As our I pick. do. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's just something about it. It's, it's, it's cool. You know, I'll just kind of cut off some of that rear fairing a little bit. Yeah, I, this anniversary model, like you said, with, with the brown seat and the chrome tank, that looks just about right to me. But the the racer one, when you get that, that cafe seat with the, I don't know what you call it, but like the seat rises up and then you have that cover on the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, actually, that part's not bad. I see what you're talking about. It's the plastic part where the light is connected. Yeah, that that whole thing. Yeah, because I, yeah, I don't know where the seat off. where the where the seat ends and the 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 fender kind of kind of curves underneath there. Then there's that light. And it's like, yeah, they could have did a little bit better, but uh, you know what? I'll still rock it. Yeah, it's stock. Yeah, that needs like a like a side mounted license plate or something. Like, just cut that whole part right under the flat part of the seat, and that would look nice. Oh yeah, it would. Killer. It would. It's sharp though, and like you said, uh, that that red frame is slamming against that black motor and that chrome. That's the way to do it. Yeah, that's that's nice, and the little red uh, accents in the wheel is nice too. Okay, John, John Guzzi doing it for you, or 
We need to get you on some more two wheelers too, by the way. Yeah, I know we do. We'll get there one day. Um, I like the racer but, one. I think I think the racer one looks kind of neat with the red and the black. I think it, that one looks that looks nice. The color looks nice. Eye catching. Yeah. Go ahead, Rico. No, I was just gonna say that leather strap going across the middle of the tank is sharp, and that little the if you're looking at the bike, uh, the little uh, metal pieces, the little lock lock metal lock pieces for the uh, for the forks. Do you see that? Yeah. I'm kind of flipping through the screen. But uh, that's that's kind of unique. I haven't seen that on a bike before. Yeah, the whole classic feel of these bikes is is really nice. I mean, Guzzi and Triumph, which we're going to talk about in a second, is just, you know, the styling that they're coming out with lately, they're really just doing it for me. And maybe it's because I'm I'm looking at all these styles because I'm trying to do a custom, you know, so I'm I'm looking at older bikes for inspiration. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not looking at 2017 anything to build a custom, you know, sadly. Uh, yeah, just all material. Yeah, right? yeah. You're old school. That isn't. I don't know if that's sad or if that's just the way it is. But there's nothing for 2017 I would look at to draw inspiration for in terms of a of a custom. Right. You want to go back to the museum or look at some of those pictures we took. Yeah. Uh, to really get your inspiration for the bikes. Ah, the museum. Nice one. Saved yourself a dollar. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, this is going to be tricky. Well, since we mentioned Triumph, let's look at the Street Scrambler. That's the next one on our list. And it looks like Triumph has a new engine platform um, <clears throat> for this family of bikes. And I've I've been reading up on it a little bit. It's a 900cc motor. But one of the interesting things is they changed the crank. So they're running a 270 degree crank on this one uh, versus the other one which I forget what the other one was. Well, 360 was the, the other one, the traditional crank. So again, I'll point to Motorcycle.com and the article in our show notes, which you can find at loudpipes.net slash 63. There's an interesting read-up on why they chose this particular style of crank for this engine. Johnny? Oh, you were waving. Yep, I was just giving you the thumbs up saying you were correct. Oh, I thought you were maybe waving for a beer or something. Beer? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I thought. I mean, that's what Rico does. Hey, hey, bring me a beer. I know, right? Like, <laughs> it's like, come on, and a sandwich, <laughs> and a back rub. You know what would happen, right? If I said that, right? That'd be the end no, of the show. What would you would just hear one of these, and then it would be show over. Ow. Just be like, ow, ow, stop. Ow, ow. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, oh. I'm sorry. Just kidding. <laughs> It sounds like a heavyweight boxing fight over here. It's like, <laughs> Here's your sandwich. Sorry, where were we? Triumph? That is correct, my <laughs> Street friend. Street Scrambler? That is correct. So this is interesting. Kind of a scrambler look with something that's, you know, just geared for the street. Not necessarily scrambler in the sense of, you know, giving, giving any off-road uh, intentions. But uh, I kind of like the exhaust on this one. You know, the, the scrambler look where the exhaust is high. You've got some heat shields on it. They're using two different colors here, uh, sort of an aluminum finish and, and a couple sections in black. And you were talking about things being blacked out, Rico. This one, except for, you know, a few pieces, this is pretty much murdered out. You <laughs> get right. <laughs> black as it gets. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. So, uh, Rico, they got something on the bike that you'd like to have on the Modus. 
What's that? They have they have dual compound rubber knee pads on the around the tank. So you can, <laughs> oh yeah, yep, look at that. Yep. So to enhance your grip. <laughs> that's what that's what's up. That's what uh, motors need to get up on. <laughs> Some tank. Just thought I'd throw that out to you. Good catch. Good catch. Oh, that is too funny. So I I don't know this this is another good looking piece from Triumph. I think the bobber speaks to me more than this one, but but this is this is interesting. I would ride it as well. Now the ones with the the exhaust kind of high up against your leg. Wouldn't you say you would burn your leg on those a lot, or would just get hot? Uh, I don't know. I think with the heat shield you'd be fine. Really. I think you'd be crying like you are on my bike. You know, it's too hot. It's so my hot. Legs hot. My legs on fire. Just don't wear shorts. Right? Oh, for sure on this bike with that high mile. The passenger's going to be uh, getting a little thigh warming too. Mm-hmm. For sure. That is not much of a passenger seat. Look at that dainty little thing. You see where the the passenger strap is? And then how much seat right. is behind it? Like next to nothing. Yeah. And it looks uncomfortable. Yeah. But, but oh well. Back, if you go back to that museum that we went to, you saw a lot of bikes <laughs> that did have high exhaust through the time. That's, and it was very that's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. So, so going back to your question in the beginning, I think a lot of things, you see things take turns in, I, I think, just not everything in life, but motorcycles you've seen stuff revert back to old retro styles in today's style yeah yeah you had kind of called that last episode that things are going back to more classic or vintage look or at least drawing inspiration from them yep for sure you're seeing it it's given our kids the opportunities to find these bikes in the barn (laughs) and be like oh look how old this thing looks right Okay, well, we've talked a little bit in the past about flat track racing and how we're excited about that. Um, Harley's got a new piece that they're going to be running uh, based on the, the Street 750 bike, and Indian has a brand new flat track racer, completely brand new from the ground up, that's going to be competing hard next year in uh, the American Flat Track Series. But I think I found Mr. Hogan's flat track bike. <laughs> Oh, yes, you did. So, this thing is a monster. <laughs> oh, God. So Honda unveiled this CB1100TR flat track concept. And I, I'm just going to let Rico drool on this for a minute. Man. That looks bananas. <laughs> it looks better than that Ducati. <laughs> that is cool. I mean, Honda's, uh, their sport bikes this year look fantastic. And this thing is just you know, another nice piece from them. Oh, that that's sexy. Yeah. Now, of it, course, it's sh- it it's stripped down, sexy. Yeah, and, and I, I should say we we were talking flat track in terms of um, in the U.S. here, which is this is on dirt. Um, in in Europe, this flat track insinuates uh, asphalt. Right. So when you look at the pictures and you see the slicks on it, you'd be like, hey, wait a minute. That's not, you're not flat tracking with that. <laughs> right. A little different kind nowhere. of uh, flat track. So it's pretty cool. I mean, ooh. I like it. I mean, I, I like naked sport bikes in general. I mean, 
you know, your, your R6 is nice. And like I said, if, if I end up with that, it'll probably be a track bike. But if I had my pick of sport bike, it would probably be something like the, the ZRX 1100 from Kawasaki. Cause I like it naked. Very nice. I like it naked. 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 Bikes that is. All right. I'll check out the exhaust on this thing. That thing is wicked. How it points up like that. And the dual shocks on the back of it. Ah, wicked. Good job, Honda. Yeah. Good job. They uh, mentioned in horsepower here. I didn't, I didn't catch I'm, that. I was kind of looking for that. I mean, I know it's just the concept, but. I haven't seen anything on it. It'd be interesting. Yeah. So we're talking 1100cc inline. Is this water cooled? It's not a very big radiator on it if it is. Wow, that looks like fun though. It really looks like fun. It, this is one of those, it's hard to talk about. You know, just encourage people to look at the link in the show notes and, and check this thing out. It's just a cool looking piece. Yeah. And it comes from the, uh, what was it come back from the 80s? I think like an 83. Yeah, I think it's down here farther in the link if i scroll just a tad it's kind of an old school sport bike i think it's back in the 83s but uh not to be sure nah i'm frozen this machine is gonna go in the trash i think before long. yeah <laughs> yeah it's just yeah we talked about it before the show skype froze on it and all kinds of things so i think she's nice. going in the trash um a honda rs750 of the 1980s oh see there you go Good call, Hogan. Yeah, yeah. All right, moving on. Moving on. All right, well, we want to talk about the new Zero bikes, but before we do, I already said I like naked bikes, so let's talk quickly about two from Kawasaki. The new Z900, which is a about 950cc inline four, putting 123 horsepower to the crank. And they also announced a Z650F which is a 650cc parallel twin. Both naked bikes, Mr. Hogan. You like these or you like the, the full body racers, race replicas? I'm all over the place, so I, I, I could dig these as well, you know. You know. You'd ride either I, one. I, I, I ride any one. I'm an international lover, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I mean, just in general, like, you know, with sport bikes, it's either, you know, you kind of want the body work or you don't. I didn't know if you had a strong preference. No, I don't really. It's all going to come down to how they did the bike, you know, how they dressed it up to look aggressive, uh, sleek enough where it's comfortable and performance. You know, it's got to pack the performance in it as well. And if as long as it's taking off those three boxes, yeah, hey, then it's good, it. good with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Z nine hundred. I'm I'm feeling a lot of uh, FZ zero nine out of that. You know, in terms of a competitor. So it'd be fun to ride that, ride those two back to back. That'd be a fun day. Yeah. Yeah. The 650, eh, I'm less excited about that. Not just that it's a 650, but it's a parallel twin. Not my, not my favorite kind of engine, but mm-hmm. it looks nice and compact, which looks like a lot of fun is, you know, you don't have the width of certainly of a, like an inline four or even a triple, you know, it's a nice tidy little package here. All right. Okay. You'd ride it. Moving on. I would. I ride it. Heck yeah. <laughs> Too funny. And and I'll just reiterate, that's the problem with, with so many bikes being released. It's like, ah, where do I start? Which one do I dive yeah. into? And kind of the intent with, with this show was really just a preview. It's like, hey, here's some bikes that were released that we care about. We're not going to talk about them all. 
And we're going to try and get on as many of these as we can over the next year before the next show comes around. Yeah. 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 All right. Electrics hotly contested. You know, are they taking over? Are they not? We've said in the last show or last couple of shows, we don't really think so. However, the 2017s from zero just keep getting better and better. So not necessarily new lines or new models for this year, but the whole model line is now receiving um, powertrain upgrades. They've got a new uh, patent-pending interior permanent magnet motor, which is a nice a nice improvement. It basically buries some of the parts um, inside um, inside the engine for keep keep heat away from the most important parts. And the whole rotor itself on the engine now acts like a heat sink. So. If you've ever taken one of these on the track, I've watched a couple of guys do that. That's one of the biggest complaints is they just reach their thermal envelope and then they shut down. So you've seen that, Rico, right, with Tesla? You know, like with the Model S drag racing and stuff, you, know, you get a couple of pulls and then it's basically overheated. Right. So that's what they're trying to do is get some of the heat um, away from the internal components and, and let the engine run harder longer, or I keep saying engine, motor, <laughs> run it harder yeah. for longer you know, before it starts cutting back uh, power on you. Right. And it also cuts down on the nut roasting. Yeah. Well, it's, I don't know if you're getting much of that on an electric bike anyway. But um, mm. capacity-wise, these have bumped up from 660 amps to 775. And peak torque, hold on to your hat, Rico, 116 foot-pounds or pound-feet, depending on how you say it. Wow, that's that's incredible, and, and that's across multiple lines. You know, the SR has that. Yep. The uh, DSR has that. Yep. Those two, actually. So. Yep. Small so. small bump in horsepower to up to seventy, um, which which is nice. But if you think about the torque department, there's nobody touching that for torque. Right. You know, in the not that's even crazy. in the in the sport bike world. Hmm. So that's that's interesting, and I, we've got to ride these again. We've got to ride these updated models, and it's been a couple of years. They were a lot of fun, you know. I would knock it. You know, a lot of people have their reserve about the electric bikes, but they're they're getting out there. They're trying to do it where they're they're they're. they're I'm, I'm stuttering here. Yeah, they're just trying to get them out there so they're more appealing to people for those um, commuters. You know uh, that just have to run to the city kind of like you you know hop on get to work plug it in do a full day ride it back home not to worry about it yeah i think most of an electric bike i think would cover most of my riding except when i you know make like a trip that's overnight or want to you know do like a mountain day which only happens a couple times a year at most yeah you probably wouldn't even ride this anyway you would ride the harley you know this would be your daily commuter yeah and just bring the Harley out on the weekends to do those long rides. So you have to have both. Yeah. Yeah. Mileage wise, they're talking, um, if you add the optional, what they call the power tank, they're now talking about over a hundred miles on the highway and 200 if you ride it in city, city speeds. You just say a hundred miles on the highway? Yes. Wow. Now that's, that's saying a lot right there. Yeah, that's that's putting saying. your money where your I mean, that's impressive. A hundred miles. Your mileage may vary, but that's what they're saying. Well, still, you know, if you're not riding it in a cold, I'm sure you can still get close to a hundred miles. 
Yeah, and right? that's the that's one of the downfalls I think with the electric bikes in general is once you start running high speeds, they deplete quickly. But yeah, riding it around town, commuter bike, perfect. It's set up nicely because that's all you want. You want torque to get going, get out of the way, stay out of you know, get out of situations, if you will, and then you're you know you're on the brakes again. And it's got regenerative braking too, so you know you're charging up as you slow down, which is nice. Yeah, but it's pretty cool. Yeah, check these out, and and we, I think we've said it before, but we encourage everyone to ride these at least once. If you've not ridden an electric bike, you're you're in for quite a treat, especially if you like torque. Oh yeah, and who doesn't like torque? <laughs> torque, torque. Now the pricing, I understand, has been reduced some for these as well. Um, let's talk about the, the zero S and DS specifically. And I was just looking at it a second here. Uh, the price is now down to 10,900 compared to, um, what was 13.9 and 16.9 for the older bikes. Oh, it doesn't say how much the optional power tank is though. So I don't know, but they're, you know, basically the, the lesson there is, uh, prices have been reduced as well as they've been improved. I like it. Like it a lot. Yeah, that means they're trying to move these models and not have them sitting around, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it does them no good to have bikes sitting around. Yep. Now, the big, uh, you know, 500-pound gorilla, where's our live wire? Forget about it, dude. It's a dead horse. Mm. Stop beating it. (laughs) Mm. Stop beating it. And they coming. And Victory, although they, they released the Impulse TT, not hearing anything about that, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't know. You think it's too soon for electric bikes? You think the movement is dead? I think it or depends does on the your... ga- or, do, or does the gas price need to go back up before it starts to look appealing? I think it depends on your use case. You know, if you're doing short trips, city riding, commuting, I think electric bikes are a really good choice. You know, if you're going to get out and do a lot of interstate or you're going to do long trips, no, it's not the bike for you. You know, unless you like to sit and wait a long time, you know, every time you, you know, basically you do a highway trip every hundred miles, you'd be sitting for hours waiting for it to charge. Yeah. You, yeah, you, you, you'll definitely need another bike, another gas bike to really, cause a lot of people, either they already have a bike and this is. They may be a techie, and, and having an electric bike is kind of cool on the tech side. Yeah. But ultimately, you're going to want that rowdy motor, that loud pipe. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is just, you know, just a fun bike to kind of tool around on to do whatever, ball hopping, just, you know, just run to the grocery store just to go to work or something. Something that you don't have to use gas. Yeah. For. If I If I went uh, back to an office job... Well, I, sorry, I have an office job, but if I, if I went back to having to be in the office, I would I would for sure look at one of these and consider it. Because most companies now are corporate parks. They have they have charging stations. Some of them even have free yeah. charging. You know, I'd be riding it to work and getting it charged for nothing. Right. Essentially. So, you know, that's appealing, especially if it's something you're going to ride every day. You're going to do, you know, say 70 to 100 miles a day on it, you know, and, and charging it up for like a dollar and a half. Have you seen any bad press when it comes to these bikes? I haven't looked a lot lately. I just, I kind of got into the rat hole of, you know, people going back and forth, you know, some saying that it's, 
it's taken over and others are like, yeah, you know, pump the brakes a little bit. So that's really all I've seen. It's more forum chatter than, than articles. Right. But yeah, I'm going to dig around a little bit more because these are interesting. They're still interesting yeah. to me. I just don't think they're taking over the world. That's all. No, I think some, you know, I've seen some of the, like the police departments with these bikes, um, because you can tool around and, uh, quiet, not use a lot of gas, but I don't know for the everyday rider. I, I don't see where this would be a benefit to have in your garage or well, unless you're the police department and you're trying to cut costs and, you know, you'll buy it. You'll have that initial payment up front. Yeah. But again, you're you're riding around the city for free, and you're stopping, you're plugging it in, you're writing tickets, and you're on your way on, yeah. you know, to, on to the next thing. But uh, I can see where it can be appealing for stuff like that. Uh, but you know, it's hard to pull the trigger on something like this when you're just a, an ordinary rider who wants to get on the bike and do some back roads or whatever. Yeah. I totally forgot what I was going to say. Moving on. <laughs> no, I wasn't moving. I had I had one more thought on the electrics, but I'll. I guess we'll move it on. All right. Anything else from Eichma? There's a couple other ones I had in the notes. You guys want to go through those or move it forward? Uh, John's giving me the axe, so. Yeah, the BMW was sharp. Okay, one more for Rico. The BMW R nine T. That was pretty sharp. Well, we already talked about this. The R nine T Urban GS. Yeah. We already talked about this with Deb. Oh, yeah, she did mention this one, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, she did mention that one, didn't she? Oh, good Yeah, care. see? Thanks, Deb. Uh, moving on. Okay. Yep, all right, moving on. We're not going to do that one. <laughs> Super Duke? Okay. Nah, we're not going to do Super Duke. Nah, you turn. You turn. All right, moving on. Mm. a quick little correction before we get too far and i put this in the show notes for the last episode but we do want to mention on the moto guzzi california i believe i said it was a 1200 cc engine last episode and that's incorrect it is a 1400 cc engine in the california so the bigger bikes have that one the the grizzo or grizzo that we talked about is 1200 thanks john thanks no problem. Sorry, I wanted to get our facts correct. That's our stats, man. Keeping us steady. Keeping us great. I get paid the big bucks for that. You know that. You sure do. I know. I know. Sure do. And just one quick little update. So I mentioned in the last episode that I may be taking over the R6 from Mr. Hogan. Yep. And if I do, it's going to be a track bike. So I kind of poked around a little bit to see, okay, well, what's the closest track to here? road course wise and i believe the closest one that actually has track days not not the actual closest road course i think it's going to be carolina motorsports park huh and if you've ever seen the show on tv are you faster than a redneck or something like that they they recorded most of those shows at that racetrack so it may look familiar so that's that's a place i'm going to check out they've got some open track days i think they have some some lessons there as well so I'm going to ride down there and, and check it out. See what the, see what the scene is like. I got to see you in a full leather suit. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's going to be your tight pants, Rico. Yep. Well, you know what it's making me do is the thought of having to put on a full suit is like, maybe we should just lose a little bit of weight before we do that. 
Now I've seen it happen. <laughs> I'm not going to buy possible. one that just fits now. Let's get one that's like <laughs> tight, and then I'll Expandable. have to. I'll have to get you know slim down for it. <laughs> oh, <sighs> my wife is just going to be like, "What the hell? You look ridiculous." So I have what a feeling. I'm going out to have fun. I'll see you later. Bye. Yeah. I'm going to get my knee down. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's what we're going to check out. So link to that in the show notes if anyone wants to check out the the racetrack. They have quite a few events down there and and the other one cl- kind of close. I think it's about two and a half hours is VIR, um Virginia International Raceway. But that's All right. that's a much bigger kind of like pro track, you know, the the WeatherTech, you know, series runs there and, you know, they run some pretty big races there. So that might be a step up. That may be an aspirational track. And then, of course, we've got the Charlotte Motor Speedway in our backyard, which has a road course, but they hardly ever use it. So that's why I'm saying the Carolina Motorsports Park, I think, is the closest one that will actually have an event that I can attend. All right. Sign up for the class. Sign up. All right. Want to Want to wrench a little bit? Let's do it. All right, we're in the shop now. <laughs> mm. Did we decide? Are we calling it shop or garage? It did garage because that's where you, you hang out anyway. The what, garage. Hang out in the garage? Okay. In the garage, yeah. Let's head over to the garage. All right. Hit the button again. Let's, go over, let's head over to the garage. <laughs> All right, there it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> So piggybacking on what Mr. Hogan said in the last show, um, we're starting to look at, or I'm starting to look at a style for my custom build. So as Rico said, send your thoughts to us, you know, either in our feedback email address or the link on our website, um, feedback at rdubstudios.com. And just let me know what kind of styles you think I should look at. I'm kind of, kind of thinking some sort of uh, chopper, some sort of bobber perhaps. Something, you know, something definitely in the older category. You know, I'm not going to take, one of the things I thought about was taking my deuce, which is a 2007 and, and chopping that up. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> no, I think we're going to get something a bit older and, and start cutting that up and, and making it my own. So I'm having a blast, I must say. I'm just researching styles, looking at books. Um, I have some, several old uh, motorcycle books that I've been looking at that have different custom bikes in it. And just just looking at what appeals to me is just a lot of fun. And and my boys are looking at some of them with me, and they're kind of picking some of their favorites. So it's kind of a thing for us to do as well. It's pretty cool. So do you have? Do you guys have a favorite, or do you guys have a preference style wise? John, you first. Whatever makes you happy, my friend. Oh, that's that's cheaping out. Come on, (laughs) come on, give me a style. Bobber, bobber. All right, Rico. Yeah, I was going to go Barber, too. <laughs> well, I could just buy the new one from Triumph and be done with it, right? <laughs> there you go. You'll be all set. What's the sense then afterwards? I'll just put a loud pipe sticker on it. Yep. <laughs> all right. Have, have the tank custom painted. Absolutely. Yeah, so send us the feedback on that. If you think there's a style I should look at, um, let me know. And I'm happy to report that my youngest brother just picked up a 1980 suzuki gs 850 say what say what which is cool because he doesn't even ride (laughs) so i think that's awesome (laughs) how did he get your project bike (laughs) 
I know. And the thing runs. He paid like a hundred bucks for it. No way. Went and picked it up in a van, brought it home and, and I don't know. It wasn't even an hour later. I get a video from him saying it's alive. (laughs) Holy crap. You kidding me? I think you should go up there and arm wrestle him for it. I know. I'll be like, I'll give you $110 for it. (laughs) (laughs) Plus I'll pick it up. (laughs) Right. But yeah, it's a, it's a cool looking bike. It's an inline four and it's air cooled, which I thought was really wild. That is, you know, kind of, kind of a standard, you know, standard bike looking, not really, uh, not really a sport bike, not really a cruiser, just more like a, like a standard 1980 standard. So you convert him on rich. I guess so. So I'm, I can't wait. This is going to be fun to watch him bring that thing to life. And I'm trying to get him to cut it up a little bit, customize it. Wow. Now, Rick, ride it, let him get riding. Ride it <laughs> yeah, let him get riding first. Let him ride it first. Yeah, maybe Once you get Rico? ride first. No, I was going to say the same thing. What, cut Give it up? Give him a minute. Now, is he going to take the riding course at all? Maybe. He should. So he should. He should look into that. He's on I the live stream. It. So, it's, yeah, it's my youngest brother, Kenny. He's on the live stream, too. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> take the riding course, Kenny. Yes, Kenny. Riding class. And get full leathers. <laughs> Make sure they can fit Rich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make sure they're two X. <laughs> uh, so that that was cool. That was I mean, that was neat news to see the picture, and I'll put a picture of it in the show notes. The video is not so good, but I'll put the picture of the bike in there. It's it's a cool looking piece. I can I can see some custom potential there for sure. Nice. I can't wait to see it. All right, fellas, one more topic, and we're going to get out of here. And we have to use this sound effect for this one. Remember this? Oh, yeah. We haven't talked about cars in forever, Rico. I know. I think we're losing touch. So, it's racing related, but it's a brand that I think you like, but more importantly, it's an engine that I think we both are going to enjoy. Now, I'm a fan of, of IMSA racing. Um, sports car racing here in the U.S., which is now called, what do they call it now, John? The Weather Tech something series? Something yeah. like that. Yep. Well, there's a couple new makes coming into the fold this year. This one will be the eighth. They're going to join Acura and Lexus for this year into the GT Daytona field, which already has Audi, Lamborghini, Porsche, Ferrari, and BMW. So I'll give you a clue, Rico, and I hope you didn't look ahead of time. I don't know what you're talking about. It's going to be a naturally aspirated 6.3 liter V8. Care to guess who's stepping into the ring? Uh, you said Audi. Audi's already there. Lamborghini, Porsche, Ferrari, and BMW are already there. Lexus and, uh, where did it go? Lexus and Acura are coming in this year, as well as this other make. 6.3 liter V8, naturally aspirated. Bad boy. Mercedes would be the only one that you didn't say. Ding, 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 ding. Really? You got it. (laughs) And it's going to be, it's going to be that glorious GTS, AMG GTS that they're basing the the race car off of. What? Yeah. So now go look at the link in the show notes and you can drool over that thing. (laughs) Hold on. And it's the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. That's what they call it. Thanks, John. No okay, so let me type WeatherTech Sports Car Link right there in the show notes to the actual car. 
if you want to save some time. But anyway, this is the series I watch, you know, where the wow. cor- the Corvette kicks everyone's butt except the cheating Fords. And I can't <laughs> wait to hear these AMGs. It's going to be ridiculous. Wow. Can't wait to hear these things. 6.3 liter V8 motor. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that the sound bite you just you just roared that from that from this car? No, that's from an Audi R8. But it uh-huh. it is a V8 though. Okay. Holy moly. I just love the way V8 sound. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm excited for the next season. I can't wait. The Corvettes already sound fantastic. The Aston Martins. Oh. The Ford the Ford GT, I'm sorry. It's a terrible sounded race car. Terrible sounded race car. Sorry, you guys crickets. still there? <laughs> no, crickets. Yeah, I just can't believe you said that, but okay. I'm trying to go John into an argument over here. <laughs> <laughs> what? What's wrong with that? No, no, nothing's wrong with that. It sounds great, Rich. It sounds terrible. We need to find a sound bite then. Hmm. Let's hear a sound here, Rich. We'll get a couple for the next show. We'll we'll put them side by side. We'll yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll yeah, play my okay. beloved Corvette, this new amazing Mercedes, an Aston Martin, another proper race car, and then that terrible sounding Ford. And then you guys will be the judge. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fine. It'll be a sound off. <laughs> all right, that's all I got, fellas. You got anything else? I do. I have one more thing. Okay. And it kind of goes on. I was looking at some news today on the internet, and our future vice president rides a bike. Do you guys believe that? I saw that. He's a Harley rider. He is. Yeah. Not nothing here and there, but in the state of Indiana, they have a yearly governor's ride, and he has been on it, I think, the last two years. Nice. So, do you know which Harley he rides? Uh, I saw a picture of him on a street glide. Ah, there you go. Good job. Just thought I threw that in our president <laughs> chat. Yeah. Um, we, not the president, but the future vice president. Yeah, we survived the 2016 presidential election. The world didn't stop spinning. We're still here recording, making fun of politicians, as usual. That never gets old, does it? Not, no. <laughs> They're such easy targets. <laughs> they set themselves up for it, but oh well. Yeah. So anyways, Rich, we got some good events coming up. We have one event coming up and next weekend, November 19th, is the ADV ride at Motorcycles of Charlotte. So they're going to bring out all their adventure type bikes for a test ride. And I think they also put zero in the mix. Probably the FX would be my guess. Maybe a DS, but probably the FX. And going to do that. Maybe John will come down and join me and uh, one of our patrons, Micah, may join us as well. So. Could be fun. Get some video from that. Maybe we'll get some sound bites. Uh, could be a good a good a good pre Thanksgiving episode for us. Should be a lot of fun. Oh, and we're gonna and we're gonna have a guest, which will be a surprise. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Show sure now. All right, fellas, I'm tired and I need another beer. So I would like to thank the Riders of Loud Pipes for their continued support. That would be our first five riders, Marcus, Rickard, Edward, Jebby, and Zion. Uh, Insider, Micah, and barbershop rider, Chuck. Loudpipes.net slash donate if you want to join these guys. Hang out in the uh, private social media channels and just to have a general old good time. 
The store is also open at loudpipes.net slash store. T-shirts, polos, hats, keychains, koozies, stickers, etc., etc. And this is John's baby. So John and his wife Natalie are taking care of this one. So, so put your orders in. Keep them busy. We need to keep John busy. Otherwise, he gets in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get in a doghouse too many times. That's so right. Additional information from this episode, including links and images of my brother Kenny's new bike, even though it's a 1980, can be found at the website, loudpipes.net slash 63. Here you also find links to leave us feedback, subscribe to the show, and follow us on social media. Monsieur Hogan? See you, senor. Johnny? Later, all. Kickstands up. Let's get out of here. This has been an R-Dub Studio production. Check us out at rdubstudios.com, iTunes, or Stitcher Radio. Wait. Shabila. There it is. Gotta have that one.